Konnichiwa, Miyasan. I'm Kuretoka, United Empire. Showa, Shiegaka, Oshikarega. Empire no, always Kuretoka. Mina, Rocking Table, Hokiaso, Yoroshiku. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas. I am here with our uh, co-host, Rome, the champion of the Broken Predictions, um, making it, you know, painfully obvious. <laughs> Every four minutes? <laughs> Look, my job is to <clears throat> elevate this podga- podcast, to elevate this championship. Unlike you, Forrest, you know, you come... And you think that the belt's going to elevate you. I elevate the belt. But I'm also doing fantastic, by the way. Awesome, man. Awesome. Forrest, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling elated and elevated. Excellent, man. I Excellent. don't even need that title. Good to yeah, hear just it. being, just seeing it through the screen, you, you, you feel, you feel it's, it's power. And I understand that. Oh, Too much power good, for an good. average, for an average VTuber. Big T, what's going on, sir? Welcome, welcome. What's up, Big T? So, everybody, welcome to the podcast here tonight. Uh, Thank you for everybody who are watching live on YouTube. Uh, Welcome to those listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and wherever else you may be listening to us. Uh, We appreciate you all. Please hit that subscribe or the follow button on uh, whatever app you may be using at the moment. Um, We are here for our uh, AEW Rampage review. And man, I, I, again, I say this a lot, but I absolutely love how they start off just no entrances, just bam, we got a match going. I think Eddie and uh, Hager started slapping each other even before we got the, the, uh, the DVR started on mine anyway. Like <laughs> right away, they were, they were slapping each other as soon as my DVR started. Yeah, it's definitely a positive of these, uh, <clears throat> these regular time slot rampages. Um, I think when you go the live route or you have the live episode of Rampage, you can't get as much done, um, which has its strengths. You have better matches usually, but this, uh, this pre-recorded one hour, which is in all honesty, it's more like an hour and a half. We've been to the shows. We know that this, this Rampage content isn't an hour, but they squeeze it into an hour. Um, and yeah, just the hundred miles an hour is always a, a fun hour. The hour flies by. Uh, Avogado, thank you very much for dropping by with that like, sir. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, tell the wife we said hello. Maybe she will join us one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. She should. Yeah. All right, let's get started right up into this thing. Um, like I said, uh, we had Jake Hager and Eddie Kingston started off right away just beating the crap out of each other, man. Um, Hager took over using some of his MMA style, and I actually thought he was going to kick Eddie's ass for most of this match, but it wound up being a really nice back and forth where they were they were beating each other up, you know, pretty good going back and forth, back and forth. And the one thing I wrote down is I wrote, I fucking love Eddie Kingston matches, man. His matches are so entertaining. Like, you really get behind the guy. Um, I, I, still, I don't know what it is, but he makes for some really good matches. It's just yeah. a, he's he's genuine, you know what I mean? Like when we 
watch these wrestlers, like the best characters are the genuine characters just turned up to 11. And that's why people love Eddie Kingston so much. That's why I love Eddie Kingston. Yeah. That's why you love yeah. Eddie Kingston. Uh, this was a great match. This was a really hard hitting match. Like you said, Jake Hager really brings his MMA forte into it. And then you have Eddie Kingston with his brawling style. This was just like a really hard hitting match. Um, a lot of variety on the show tonight. Good amount of variety. It was, it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta say that like I like I like the psychology of that match too because it's like yes Eddie's a brawler he's not as trained as Hager but he Eddie needs to get in like he needs to hit a shot here he needs to hit a shot there he needs to hit a shot there do a wrestling move there you know and yeah. that's how they told the story and that's and then it kind of it was almost like he was trying to bait him into again similar to the the Thunder Rosa match that we had into hey turn it back into wrestling because you were a wrestler first and then it kind of as it went on towards the end was a wrestling match yeah man um <clears throat> i like juan says or i'm sorry like big t says this was a uh, great opener for the hour of wrestling <clears throat> um this would be great for people who were like hey let's tune into rampage and see what they got going on tonight you know and they they started off like you said rome at 100 miles an hour and it looked brutal for the whole match so you know if i had been a new viewer coming around like you know say like i was just popping into impact or something and i saw this i'd be sticking around to see what they had coming up next so this was a really good choice to uh, start off rampage absolutely and i think juan in the chat really kind of also nails home about the eddie kingston thing yeah. where it's like eddie embodies that ruthless aggression era that that really cool era of wrestling or an era of wrestling which i think is like vastly underrated I think that people kind of flock towards the Attitude Era, but I think that the Ruthless Aggression Era does almost everything the Attitude Era did, but better, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Eddie Kingston just has that raw, genuine feel to him, and it's just, it, it's infectious, you know, and you want to root for the guy. The guy's, he's yeah. awesome. He's excellent. Plus, plus the benefit of Jake Hager different name but you know lapsed fans might recognize him yeah absolutely you yeah know? that's a great so that's a great point. he was that he was that one you know because you want to put somebody you recognize you're like wait what's that and then if you know him from mma you know him then too yeah yeah right. that's a great point um so you know after a really good back and forth back and forth we had a really long uh jake hager uh ankle lock spot on eddie um, I actually thought Eddie might tap at this point, um, but, you know, he, Eddie's just really good at selling that pain, you know, and uh, he gets out of it and winds up hitting two of his spinning back fists, man. Then I don't know how he is able to pull that move off and not actually knock people's heads off because that move in real life, man, that backhand, that knocks people into next week, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And for him to do it, he I, he must open his hand and he just slaps him or something. But he connects with it and everything, and it shows how good of a professional Eddie is to not actually hurt people with that move. Yeah, I love the way he pinned Hager too. Yeah. The way he just he's like, I got two in me, and that's it. And then he just falls on him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> former it world was... champion in WWE. That's that's correct. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, good point, Juan. Yep, world heavyweight think, uh, champion. World heavyweight title? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the world heavyweight champion. Money we in the, the bank people. Captain? Oh, wait, we the people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we had a, uh interview with Tony Schiavone with uh, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter backstage. Um, 
this actually surprised me a tiny bit here when um you know basically Britt went on a promo about uh some a certain somebody picking up a belt that doesn't belong to them uh, obviously referring to Tony Storm picking up uh, Thunder Rosa's belt and Tony Schiavone was like are you referring to Tony Storm and she's like yeah dumbass and like that was the first time I've ever seen Britt and Tony Schiavone not being like friends you know what I mean uh which thank god yeah you know i mean i yeah. wasn't super into that but like it was definitely shocking that like nothing has happened to have any bad blood and it was just like okay that's not a thing anymore yeah i thought this was a, a good promo um i'm a little curious as to where we're going with this i mean i think the obvious thing is that she's gonna feud with tony storm but tony storm seems like she's about to get into a program with thunder rosa i mean other things that she could be doing is Maybe going back after the title, which I don't like that idea. I don't think that you should put her back there, you know, right now. Maybe down the line you can do that at rematch, but I wouldn't do that right now. I no. mean, maybe they're kind of teasing. There was one line where she said that the title's going to be going to somebody in Team DMD. I mean, maybe they're going to do a breakup with Jamie and Britt. Yeah. I mean, they've been teasing it here and there for the last few weeks. That's actually so that's kind of where I'm. That, that's that's actually where what I'm I see thinking. happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking they're going. I could see them doing maybe a Brit versus, like a Brit versus Tony Storm match, and maybe somewhere yes. like you know, Jamie Brit Hader loses, takes it out match. on Jamie Hader, and I don't know either. Who do you think would stay he heel on that? I mean, I, I think I would have Brit. I would have Brit stay heel on that. Yeah, mm. Jamie Hader actually... is like violent enough, or like she's she's skilled enough. She could. I think she'd be okay as a babyface. Well, I would like to see her as a babyface. I was actually, I'm like super behind on like my YouTube videos. I watch a lot of YouTube, but I'm like super behind. And I was watching Ethan Page's toy hunt uh, the other day. And they had a toy hunt where Jamie Hader was on there. And I was like, she seems like such a nice, a nice person. I would like, I was like, oh, you know, like she's not at all what I expected her to be like. Yeah. You know, she should totally, like, I, I, I would like to see her as a babyface. I was like, oh. That would that would actually be pretty cool. She's like buying like everyone's like looking around in the toy store trying to buy like action figures and stuff, and she's like, "I like this anime desk." And it's like, <laughs> and, and it's not even like a desk; it's like a little rep miniature desk. And oh, she's geez. like, and Ethan Page is like, "Oh, you're gonna put like figures on it?" She's like, "No, I just like the desk." <laughs> I'm like, it's can like relate. a relate. It's like a little oh. anime desk with a chair and a baseball bat that leans against the chair. That's funny. Okay. That's funny. But no, like she, she seems like a really cool person. I would like to see her. I would like to see that side of her. You know, let, let's get a baby face, Jamie Hater. She's badass. So, let's do it. Yeah. So basically, what I see happening is probably some sort of uh, program between Brit and Tony Storm. Uh, Jamie Hater somehow costs Brit, you know, the match ultimately. Uh, that would be Jamie Hater staying heel and Brit going face on that one probably. Um. You know, those two would probably feud after that. Um, you remember we were talking about this. I don't know if it's uh, too quick to take the belt away from Thunder Rosa, so you might want to give Tony Storm something else, you know, at least for a month or two before we, you know, take that strap off of uh, Thunder Rosa there. I hear you, but, I mean, if we're going to criticize them not giving her TV time, you know, when we're going to have to figure something out. And that seems like they're going in that direction where they do Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. So I would say, yeah. I would say they'll probably do a one-off match. Not this week coming up, but maybe the next week. 
have Britt versus um, Tony Storm do that, and then Tony Storm can go and feud with you know Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. I still want to see that Jamie Hader uh, Tony Storm match because they were trying to like kill each other in the uh, that was in so the tag good. team match. Very good. I mean, that could possibly spread it out that maybe they do Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm first. Like some kind of like give them like some kind of stipulation that they want. Like if they want to do a tables match or something, something blood feudy. Yeah. Because that needs to blow off. Because th- that was th- there's no way that there's a blow off for that yet, and it's too hot in in a tag team. And they're just like, it was like it was great. It was like two charging. They're like boom, right, right in the middle. I was like, yo, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> All right. So next up, we had a uh, Ortiz promo on uh, Jericho. It was a nice little vignette that he made up there. Um, I'm telling you guys, I, I think uh, Ortiz is taking Jericho's hair. Jericho's 2-0 and mm-hmm. in hair matches in his career. Um, third time's the charm, I guess I would say, you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a really cool uh, promo from Ortiz. Yeah. I would have liked a little bit little bit more length to it, but, I mean, I think it was, you know, it got the job done. I thought it was, thought it was good. I really liked it. Yeah, I really like the promo as well. I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize Ortiz could talk that well. He's kind of quiet most of the time. Like, Santana does most of the talking, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Juan so makes I was a good like, point. Oh, wow. Triple threat between Jamie, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. Ooh, okay. That'd be nice. Yeah. I always, right. prefer to call, oh. I always prefer to call triple threats the ECW name, which is a three-way dance. Three-way dance mm, is that nice. Just a random thing I wanted to kind of put that out there. I don't know if anyone's ever heard me talk about three-way dances, but I always refer to them as three-way dances. I don't know. Something about that. The ECW era kind of nailed that for me. Like, Triple yeah. Threat's cool and all, but like a three-way dance, it just sound, it sounds very poetic. I like it. Yeah, I like that. That's a really good idea. You could actually have, um, you know, all four of them kind of feud in a big feud circle and then have it wind up being a three-way someone gets kicked out or something maybe even i don't want to say four-way but you know (laughs) yeah it's a a four-way dance yeah four-way dance (laughs) all right so next up was a uh jay lethal and satnam singh his his debut as a uh in-ring wrestler for AEW versus a couple of jobbers did not even bother to write their names down um i wrote them down did you what were their names they deserve it (laughs) Their names are Davey Vega, because, you know, everybody has to rip off the Vega name from yeah. Street Fighter, and Matt Fitchett. Alrighty, then. There you go. Well, guys, they you guys Venom did a good, pads. good job. I noticed that. They had Venom knee pads. They both each had one Venom knee pad. <laughs> the one guy probably had him, and he's like, here, you wear one and I wear one. We look like a tag team. <laughs> <laughs> tag team gear. Done. Um, this actually surprised me. I did not think that Satnam Singh was going to start the match in the ring. I know they kind of like started with Jay Lethal in there, but he immediately tagged out. Um, Satnam went in there, and I thought he looked good as a giant. I didn't think uh, yeah. he he didn't look sluggish to me. Um, I I thought he did absolutely fine for his first time that I've seen him in the ring. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was super impressed, actually. I mean, obviously, I think we need to be reasonable and we need to set reasonable expectations. This guy is never going to be on the level of, you know, like he's not going to be Kenny Omega out there or anything like that. Um, (laughs) He's a big guy who's going to he's obviously going to be limited mobily. But I mean, he still did a crossbody splash and that was really cool. Yeah, Um, I wrote that down, too. Yeah. Initial reactions. He's definitely better than the great Kali. So that's. 
That's yep. a start. That's a great start because Great Kali is the absolute worst wrestler of all time, hands down. <laughs> um, and it's like he's better than Omas, you know. Like let's let's just oh, yeah. say that because I've seen a few. I've seen one or two things. Jeffrey's told me a lot. Jeffrey, big fan of the the World Wrestling Federation, watches it every week, twice a week. Probably watched the whole SmackDown show. Sounded Ooh. awful on Twitter, but you know he probably did. Unfortunately, um, all I watched was Ricochet get his ass beat by Walter. You know what, dude? That dropkick, that dropkick from Gunther was nice. Yeah, that was pretty nice. See, look at these guys, <laughs> bunch of Fed fans in here. No, Me, I'm, I'm an NXT Twitter. fan. There's a difference. And Gunther, Walter was in NXT. Yeah, his name is Gunther. It's not Walter. Gunther. All right, let's Gunther. back back on track here. But well, no, no. Well, I mean, like, we could talk about the Fed yeah. real quick if you want. I mean, because I thought that again, I didn't watch the show. Like, man, it just sounded like a lot of bad booking tonight on SmackDown. Again, this is from somebody who's just reading Twitter. Um, Jeff, did you? How much of SmackDown did you watch tonight? Sorry. That was literally all I saw. I don't even know anything else that happened. Was only that match. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it this time. Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean it, it just I sounded. Really, it was. Sorry, I really want Ricochet in AEW. Um, uh-huh. And to be to be perfectly honest they did not squash ricochet they had a great match like i actually i was very impressed with this match um but the ending there ricochet hit him with everything he had and he just kind of swatted him like a fly and smashed him at the end but yeah one yeah, nxt 2.0 was trash that. that's not even worth uh, i can't i can't even watch it i have tried and it's just it is horrible man horrible. did you see the demo for nxt 2.0 this past week it was like a point one dude i don't know who that's for man <laughs> i don't know who it's for either it's really weird because at least nxt used to be like i mean i don't know they they just keep getting that 55 and up you know what i mean like they just they refuse to kind of go after the right kind of younger demographic like the problem with wwe like i mean there's a lot of problems with wwe but if we if i was to like really kind of get down to it the two things that come to mind are the lack of star power and the fact that like they either want to appeal to five-year-olds or 55-year-olds and nobody in between and i think that that's a huge problem and i i feel like nxt only appeals to their like in build in studio audience like outside that studio audience like it's terrible you know what (laughs) it might be and this is this is this is like a disposable this is just a thing that i know so those two age demographics are the most spent uh they're like usually they have the most dis- the 55 Dis- disposable and up have income, the yeah. most uh di- income disposable income. thank you disposable income and children will generally you know get what they want etc and so on they'll be like mom i want it i want it i want it until yeah. the parent buys it so they're also very same thing with the parents buying stuff for the kids so those are the two like demos that have disposable income so yeah. maybe that's what they're targeting i don't know but like just from that that set of knowledge i mean whatever their target is they're missing man they're not even on the sheet of paper it's no uh... i think i think they're absolutely hitting the targets they want i mean forrest said it best i mean in their mind they look at the the demographics that have the most money to spend the problem with that also is is that yeah, I don't think they care about any demographics necessarily in the long run because they're just getting billions of dollars from Fox and from USA and from Saudi Arabia. You know, it's they're they're getting so much money, yeah. like they're they're making so much money, and and we can never disregard that. 
I know this is we're talking about Rampage, but like this is a good conversation to have. We can never disregard the fact that WWE in the past few years have had their most profitable years year after year leading up to this year. They are making more money than ever, and it's just not representative of the product. The product's it, gotten worse and worse and worse. What it is is that they're they're living off their reputation right now because all these other countries are really wanting them to do things with them, so they're getting all this extra money. If they were literally just going off of like their U.S. you know ratings and things like that, they'd be in trouble right now. And see, like, also, this is really where the demo comes in and where it is important is they need to, again, I don't care one way or the other. That company could go out of business tomorrow, and I think the world would be a better place for it. That's just my opinion. Whatever. Um, but, like, if the company wants to succeed, they need to get that 18 to 49 demo. Like, yeah, yeah. those five-year-olds are important, but... The five-year-old retention, like, once you get a little bit older, a lot of the stuff you like when you're five goes away. So it's like you need to keep that that 18, that like that young teenager, you know, like that's yeah. the demo you really got to focus on because the 18-year-olds of yesterday or to the, today are the the paying customers of tomorrow. You know, we were all there, you know. Forrest and I were there. I remember Forrest and I, you know, hanging out and watching WrestleMania at my dad's house, you know what I mean? And yeah. now – my dad doesn't pay i pay for the pay-per-views yeah. you know what i mean so it's just like like you gotta build an audience it's just yeah it's just really baffling like i understand the money's good now but you know you see this problem happening right now where it's like okay so roman's going away all right well we just signed cody from AEW, so we're good now oh shit cody's out for nine months although it's probably more like five months and they're just lying about how long it's gonna take yeah they just said they can do, eight months they're gonna they do say? on smack according to twitter said yeah, nine months show. yeah nine months that's wild but it's not gonna be nine months we no. all know that like he'll, that's he'll what he does that to royal rumble he'll be royal yeah. rumble yeah yeah he'll win the royal rumble in 2023 he'll go on to main event wrestlemania and he will officially complete his blood pact with vince mcmahon and you know <laughs> his blood fuck cody Rhodes. Just... all right Let's Somebody get back on track here with this uh, Satnam Singh match. So, again, I think we were all impressed with Satnam Singh. I was not expecting yeah, him I to... Actually, they did, I like the uh, attack the giant while he's getting in the rope spot, and then he just like looked at them like, the fuck are you guys doing? And just yeeted them both. Yeah, yeah. yeah right it was... as soon as he got in, I really enjoyed that spot. And then also the crossbody was really nice. And I like his finish. I don't know if that's his finish, but he, whatever he did at the end, it was like a razor's edge. Bird. It was like spinning. Yeah, I think it's that's, called a whirly bird. Yeah, it was like I the think. spinning razor's edge. Uh, that looked brutal, man. I was like, whoa, that's when he threw the drop. guy, you know. Yeah, I was definitely impressed. It definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, when, when they booked it as a tag match, I was concerned at first. I was like, oh, God, this guy's going to go out there, do a few, like, chops and then like tag out but like no he i mean obviously he he's probably not match. yeah well yeah he did the whole match and then he tagged lethal in and lethal hit the lethal injection for the win yeah yeah a double lethal injection that was pretty cool big t giving his of what uh, is. big t says that he gives his in-ring debut a 4.5 uh i mean if we're grading on a curve yes like if, if we're talking about what i expected or like what was a reasonable expectation for him in this first match? I think a four point five is fair. Is that I out mean of five? obviously? <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I feel like the vibe five, in yes. general. I, would I feel agree. like the vibe in general was very positive. 
But I do um, want to go back to something Big T said in the uh, chat earlier about the great Kali that in NJPW, great Kali, when he was a younger dude, was a monster. He could move like he could move back then. But really? WWE didn't get him till he was retired, which was a great point, Big T. I had no idea that he was in New Japan. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll res- I'll resign the statement and repost it as WWE Great Khali was the worst wrestler of all. Yeah, time. yeah, that I, that's the way we take it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was in New Japan. I thought he was just kind of a big guy. He, I know he did a few movies. I was like, yeah. oh, he must have been an actor turned wrestler. He won some money. I actually didn't know that till recently either, and I got to see one or two of his like highlight reels, and man. His chops in uh, NJPW—they looked brutal. Like they didn't look, you know, like he was lifting up a tree limb and slowly coming down. Like they looked good. So, mm. all right. So next up, we had Lexi Nair searching backstage for Hookhausen. She was like, "They were supposed to be here for an interview. I don't know where they went." And Danhausen pulls up in a John Deere—I would say golf cart, but it was more of like a John Deere, like janitor's vehicle type thing where you could like load some stuff into a little truck bed in the back but you know it was, it was a little john deere golf cart essentially um yeah it was, she, it was a golf cart with a bed yeah golf cart with a bed there you go um she basically asks him where's hook and you know he explains how they were out buying some cars and stuff like that and he speeds off and hook speeds up behind where he was driving what i believe is called a raptor um, if anybody saw this and they know what it's really call- called, please tell me in the chat. But I do think this is called a Raptor. Um, some of them are legal on the streets. Some of them are not. Depends on if it's got the blinkers and the taillights in the back. <laughs> a buggy housing. That's what it was. <laughs> buggy housing. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought this I... was great. I was expecting a yeah. uh, hook to to give the girl the nod to get in the car because she was definitely thirsting over hook there. I was I was expecting him to give her the you know hop in but didn't happen <laughs> no hook hook played it way cool he yeah. was as cool as he should have been there he was, was kind of yeah i i love this team and this promo is why i love this team because it's just dan Housen is just like of course these guys went out and bought golf carts yeah you know what i mean like of course <laughs> they did and of course hooks is like fucking cool as shit right. you know what i mean like dan Housen pulls up and like you would think like here was the expectation right I like, you know, Dan Housen's talking. He's like, oh, you want to see Hook, Hook's car? And I'm thinking Hook's going to pull up in like this, like this super nice, like, I don't know, like Lamborghini or something. It's just yeah, a really, I thought that that's a, what I was expecting. Really gorgeous car. And he pulls up in a fucking golf cart because his friend got the golf cart. So he went with his friend and got a golf cart as well. <laughs> but of course, Hook is like, it has to be cool. It can't just be a golf cart. Um, yeah, this is a perfect segment, and I, I love this team. Perfect team, perfect friends is what I wrote. It's, it's good, man. They mix so well because it's it's straight man, like it's you know it's like the 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 crazy guy, and then he Hook is such a good doing the 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 straight guy, the straight face act, and he's been doing it the entire time, and so it plays off of Danhausen so much better. And it's also it's very clear that Dan Housen's not in charge. Yeah, he has to clear everything with Hook. Say so, this also about about their friendship. You know, I I think that they have a really strong friendship there. The kind of friendship that if you know if Dan Housen wanted to need to get to Best Buy for an amiibo, uh, I think I think Hook would make sure that he was at that Best Buy. 
for, to get the amiibo. And I feel like Dan Housen probably has all the amiibo that he could ever want. So thanks to his friend Hook. Speaking of this getting to Best Buy, so some of our chat may not know uh, what Re Rome is actually referring to here. So give me one moment and I will show you guys what is going on here. We get it, Rome. You gotta go fast. We get it. You needed that Sonic amiibo. We get it. Alright, there we go. I'm gonna play the video. Oh, hang on. of the Smash Brothers Amiibo. Something, you know, a conquest that took me years to finalize. You know, it's, it takes dedication, it takes commitment, it takes passion, it takes priority to, to meet a monumental goal such as this. And when we talk about these things, you know, I define them as championship qualities. Qualities of a champion. What makes a champion a champion? So, can I tell you a story about Forrest? You know, spare me a minute of your time. So Forrest is someone, as I've said before, dear friend of mine, close friend, you know, almost brother-like. I've known him for more than a decade. There was a time where I needed Forrest, and I needed to rely on him. And he let me down. So, through my, through my conquest of collecting Amiibos, there was one, you know, for those that don't know, that, you know, they needed to be bought at specific retailers. You know, GameStop, Best Buy, Toys R Us, when that was a thing. That's how long I've been doing this. Toys R Us was still a thing. But so there was one Amiibo. It was a Sonic the Hedgehog Amiibo. And I told, you know, Forrest... At the time, I didn't have a, a means of getting to a Best Buy, which is where I could purchase the Sonic the Hedgehog Amiibo. And Forrest, you know, him being the good friend, he made an empty promise to me. He promised me that he would be there for me to take me to Best Buy so I could get this Amiibo. Well, I told him what time he had to be at my house. I told him what time Best Buy opened. I told him the nature of such things and that we had to be there a little early. No problem, boss. I got you, bro. I, I got you, man. And what happened, Forrest? What happened? You didn't show up until about an hour and a half, two hours after the time we agreed upon that you would be there. We talked about, you know, how important this was to me and, like, the commitment that I had and how I was willing to take public transportation to get there. But you, you thought you were going to be a, a good friend. Well, being a good friend is a lot like being a champion. It's not just empty promises and showing up to do a podcast once or twice. It's being there two times a week. Two times a week. So to finish the story, we get there. And I don't get that Sonic the Hedgehog Amiibo. Not that day, anyway. I had to do it myself. I had to go out. I had to work hard for what I have. Which, again... We're talking about Forrest. All of these things I'm talking about. Reliability, reliability, dependability. These are not 
things that Forrest is. I don't know how he's... Don't count me down. I'll say I'm done when I'm done. These are things that a champion needs to be. And Forrest just isn't those things. And I want you to understand that this... This is important to me. This is what this is. This was. Just know... That at Forbidden Door, you're going to be two hours late to the party. All right, that was weird. Something caused the entire stream to crash there. Oh, you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. It was the truth bomb that I dropped there. But first of all, I'm going to put Forrest on the back burner, as he should be. Um, and I appreciate all the nice things that everyone's saying in the chat about the man cave. Um what the yes heck? it is the gengar from gamestop um and thank you for checking out the man cave i mean you know yeah i'm really proud of it you know again that's something i built on my own something that Forrest he could never understand <laughs> he, he could never understand all that i've done and all the work i've done to make <sighs> this this dream a reality for me all right well so, sorry about mentality. that now i'm afraid to uh now uh -huh. I'm afraid to play the one from Forrest. Uh, for I'll tell you what. Crash it's again. all right. Play it at the end. Play it at the end. I'll play it at the end, yes. I'll tell you what. It was super mid anyway. You don't need, <laughs> like, if, if I were, like, I, of course I checked out the promo because I'm, I'm a good champion. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Forrest his shot. And uh, it was mid. Let's, let's be real. It was a very mid promo. Um, I would definitely say to do a little bit better. Listen, listen, Maxwell Rome Friedman, calm down <laughs> over there with your Burberry scarf. You're one Burberry scarf away from being the Fed's imitation of MJF. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you are the WWE of predictions. Okay, you're the one that's going out there. You know, having these buy one get one four night extravaganzas and all that all that shit you know what i mean like me i'm over here putting on double or nothing quality pay-per-views i think we need a broken table man cave tour says big t i will absolutely do that so so uh you know you were the one that introduced the champion retains during a draw which is literally a wwe rule it's a rule in AEW as well. More than likely. And, and yeah. yes, yes, Juan. I, well, I do wear the black glasses to, to hide the pain. Because, you know, I, yes, it might be in the past for us, like your promo alluded to. But, you know, those who do not learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. So that's why it's important to know the past. Since then, have I ever asked I've you to I've learned not to, to give you rides to Best Buy. Got it. Absolutely, yeah. I don't ask. I haven't asked you for a ride since. And like, I didn't even have a car for like a year or so afterwards. I was like, I'm never asking that guy for a fucking ride again. He's not championship material. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, look at this. Look at this thing. Look at, this, look at the All shine right. of this thing. All right, gentlemen, let's get back on track here with the Rampage review. Next up, we had Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander. Um, this, this match was absolutely great. I thought yeah. Statlander is absolutely showing that she should be next in line for that tnt title uh real quick just to give uh big t the answer he's looking for yes i actually did end up getting the sonic i had to import it from japan Ooh. um which that was a nightmare like oh my god what a nightmare that was again 
you know, a little bit of a shoot. I was very annoyed at Forrest back then. Because <laughs> <laughs> especially once I had to buy it from Japan because, like, the post office, right? So I shipped from Japan, and there was no tracking at all from coming in from Japan. I wasn't – I was – when I bought it, it was like, oh, you won't get a tracking number until it gets to the States. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting for a tracking number. I get a tracking number because it's being delivered by U.S. Postal Service. And like, and so I remember I was at work, and I check it, and it's like, oh, it'll be delivered tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm at work the next day, and I'm looking <laughs> at it again. It's like re- returning to sender, and I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Do not go back to Japan. But so like, and then the tracking moved it to like a post office that was further away from me, and then it moved it back. And I was like, why did this happen? <laughs> the post office was like, we have no idea. We're we we don't know. We're the post office, you know. And I know people that are mail people, so I don't want to I don't want to shit on the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. But like, man, what a what a rough situation that was. But no, <laughs> I do uh, I do in fact have every single Smash Brothers Amiibo, and I'll I'll do a man cave tour since I, since everyone seems so interested in it. But so yeah, the, we'll the Amiibo are actually, and I'm really proud of this, so I am going to toot my own horn. Um, the Amiibo are actually lined up in the same order. And the same amount of columns that, or rows, I guess you should say, that are on Smash Brothers Ultimate's select screen. So they are in order. I had and a they feeling are... you did that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, I had to do it, man. Like I've been collecting all these, yeah. all these years since 2013, 2014, whatever it was. Like I've made, I've made. Hold on, you know, I am gonna say this sentence with the with the glasses on. Look, in my hunt for these amiibo, I have made children cry at GameStop. I don't doubt that's that, true. actually. That's a true story. Well, so when the craze first started, we're just off the rails. It is what it is. Uh, when the... Time. Yeah, you know, it's a Friday night. We're having fun. We're having a good time. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> when the Amiibo craze first started, right, I didn't think I was going to fall into the hole. And I was like, oh, I'll get the ones for the characters I like. So that first wave, I got like Link, Peach, Marth. No, no, I didn't get Marth. I was just like, oh, I'll just get a few of them. I'm going to use them for the gameplay. Then I got them. And then that night I laid there in bed and I was like, this is a life-changing moment for, for me. <laughs> and, and so I remember going to GameStop. So I went to the Toys R Us that was near us and I got the Marth figure. Um, oh, what's up? Jordan's here. What's up, Jordan? Yes, hit that like, please. Telling a great story. So please yeah, like the video up, Jordan? for us. Um, so I go to Toys R Us and I get the Marth and then I'm like, okay, I have four of the eight. I need all of them. So I go, I'm on my way home, I go to the GameStop close to me, and I walk in, and I ask, I ask the guy, like, hey, do you have these four? I don't remember what they were. I think it was, like, Villager from Animal Crossing, Wii Fit Trainer, because who the fuck cares about Wii Fit Trainer? Apparently I do. (laughs) And then, like, two other characters. And he's like, we actually have one of all of those left. And I'm like, excellent. Kid walks in behind me, and he's like, do you guys have the Animal Crossing villager amiibo <laughs> and i'm like and i'm literally cashing out paying and they're like that guy just bought one and i'm like hi yeah see you later sorry and kid and that kid seemed super bummed out as i was leaving i was like you know it's not my fault it's nintendo's fault for doing this to yeah. that child it's not my fault they should have made enough for everybody dude but, I, i've had the opposite happen like to me i've had deal. a kid in front of me buying the last freaking figure that i wanted i was like you little bastard like you know what i mean so 
Well, that's what happened at the Sonic at the Best Buy because <clears throat> we got there like two minutes before they opened and they had five to sell and I was like the sixth person in line. And it's just like, mm, so, that motherfucker. so we have a similar story. Like I, I didn't have anybody like Forrest, like to take me in the morning to Excuse go me. find this figure, but I've been searching for any sort of a chase figure from uh, a W for a long time. And I wound up having to go from China. Some guy in China had one of this Riho, um, and he actually put it up for a really good price. So I went and got this off of eBay. It's a Riho one of a thousand. Yeah. And I had no tracking number from China. I just had to be like, well, hopefully it shows up one day. And literally like a month later, it just showed up. <laughs> Big T with a great idea in the chat that I'm, for the record, I am 100% down to have a gaming podcast. Like when I do this uh, this room tour, uh, you guys will see that, uh, well, I do love pro wrestling. There, I, I, I think video games might kind of top that love. Oh, dude, that's actually close. a pretty good idea, Big T. And I... That's where I got my start is doing gaming and stuff. So that'd be cool. We can get a gaming thing going. We can do all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. I'm on that same wavelength. Do we have any rings? What do you mean about rings? I mean, I have I have a certain kind of ring. I can go grab it. Like I actually have like right here should be the Green Lantern green ring and the black ring. I have a oh, wedding ring. <laughs> Yeah, here's the Black Lantern and the Green Lantern, but I'm he might mean something else. Maybe he means uh this guy. Oh no. Oh my god. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Look at that. Look I at put that a lot beauty. of Oh, that's sick. Go birds, right? Go birds. Look at that. So, it was a gift from a dear friend of mine, a friend who has oh. never not given me a a a ride to a Best Buy before. Okay, if I it's who I think it is, there's a reason for that. I feel no, dumb it's, now. it's not for who you think it is. He does, so, it's not. It's not a D. He meant like wrestling ring. So yes, I do have the AEW ring. Um, if you look close, way up there where Sting is, um, the big Sting. I, I forget what it's called. A wrestling buddy, I think. Uh, he is actually inside my AEW ring. Uh, right, right there is the ring post. And that's the edge of the ring right there. <laughs> the ring is supposed to be in front of this, but my shelf is not big enough. Um, that stage is like two feet wide. Um, I don't know where they expected that to fit on anything other than like a kitchen table. It's enormous. Yeah, all my shelves are just covered in anime figures and common Rider belts. Yeah. So just going off of the, just kind of touching on the chat again. So Big T is saying gaming collection, movies, television, all things non-wrestling. I'd be down to do that. Jordan yeah. also says Rome's Legend of Zelda stuff, the best though. You haven't even oh, seen the best dude. of it. Turn, I, turn, I have. Turn the camera to see that um, shelf next to you. Just a tad. The one behind me or the yeah. one over there? The one to your left, yeah. My left, yeah. so this one. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the coolest shelf. Oh, I know, right. but you know. Yeah, hold on. So, turning into a room tour. Hey, there we Hell go. Hell yeah! Well, it's just a sneak peek because there's more. So, let's see if I can get everything. So, the top is some it. some pop figures from games that I really like. Also, Star Wars, Dragon Ball Z. I like the Pokemon. I got Pokemon pops. I have this beautiful. Open door up. Hold on. I have this beautiful Zelda chest. Which can make noise if I open and close it. It makes the chest noise. Oh, it's got the rupees in it. That's sick. Yep, it's a green, a blue, and oh, a red. Oh, shit. Nice. 
Well, I'll just take the blue out real quick. Again, you know, we're just having fun on a Friday night. Hopefully this is on the camera correctly. I can't see the camera. You're good. Yeah, I've been All to your right. house like five times. I've never even seen that. That's dope. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And then, you know, going down a little bit more. This is the uh, the trophy case part of it. Uh, gauntlet. Pokemon gym badges. Yeah, These I had when I was a kid. From, you got from Burger King. Let's go. The Burger King gold cards. Hell, yeah, man. And then I got Fire Emblem. That was uh, the 30th anniversary kind of reprint. Inside's like a, a, I guess it's glass, a glass replica cartridge. It doesn't work because it's glass. But yeah, that's uh, that is the yeah. The rest of it I'm gonna gonna keep for uh, for another day for for this. Yeah, tour. yeah. We'll we'll show the rest another but that's, day. That's that is only a fraction of what I have. I have. A whole room over there that you oh. can't see i have something in the front corner i got the games in front of me the systems i'll convince so him to do a podcast from the business. room the room he is speaking of one day we will do Dude, a podcast you guys are you guys are always welcome i will gladly host a weekly in-person podcast every week that room doubt. that room is where we should do the non-wrestling podcast that would be perfect to that room is fantastic you book it and i'll be there all right it's literally my house <laughs> cribs all edition right. soon so mv crimps i yeah crimps that's funny so i really want to point out something because i've been really hard on red velvet the past year two maybe even three i think she's been there for a long time she absolutely impressed me tonight red velvet made it absolutely known that she has been working her ass off she may not have been the greatest female wrestler in the world tonight but she made it definitely clear that she has been working her ass off, and I definitely appreciated it in this match with Statlander, for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree. I thought this was an excellent match. I really love this match. Um, I think Red Velvet's working much better as a heel. I think she's yep. been improving deeply. Uh, she's been killing it. I fucking love Chris Statlander. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been a Statlander fan since, like, day one when she got here. And like for me, those are still my my two favorites. It's it's definitely Sheeta and uh, and Statlander, man. These these girls can go, and they're awesome. Um, I also think that as much as I think Athena's great, and I and I think they're leaning towards doing this Athena versus Jade match first. It, Chris Statlander has to break the streak. She's got to be the one to beat Jade. I think that she deserves it. She's been there since day one, like I said, and she hasn't gotten that accolade that so many other of the women's wrestlers from that day one aw era have gotten you know what i mean yeah. like nyla was a champion Riho was a champion Sheeta was a champion brit was a champion like all the all the marquee you know, day one aw women's wrestlers have all gotten that slice have all gotten that moment to shine and satlander hasn't yet and, and she definitely deserves it and this was another match where it's just like she fucking killed it she looks great she's like extremely impressive you know especially for you know the power like the power that she has it's just she's awesome and i'm a big fan hopefully this uh this storyline goes her way yeah and yeah. if you guys saw that thumbnail i made it took everything i had not to just cover the entire thumbnail and different pictures of statlander because i love i love <laughs> her <laughs> it would not have been opposed <laughs> yeah like i like how they they did that they the strength spot again where she was holding velvet but then they did it different yeah. i like that um the, what did they do the roll through into the german suplex i really like that 
Um, Statlander looked great. Red Velvet looked great. I have never cared more about Red Velvet than I do now. And she's a heel for the baddies. And I'm like, yes. Like, yeah. Yes. This is, this is awesome. So here's a little, uh, thing I noticed, by the way. So the, the name is, uh, is the baddie section, right? Mm-hmm. The name spells out TBS. Oh, oh, have they never the mentioned TBS this? Champion. How did we not? What? <laughs> yeah, I, I realized that the other day I was scrolling on Twitter and somebody pointed out. I don't remember who, otherwise I'd credit them. But I was like, oh, shit, look at. Yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> TBS that the baddie squad or Man, uh, the baddie just blew my mind going. that I never caught that. Wow. Big T saying it's time for Chris. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I love Chris Islander. I'm a huge fan yeah. of Chris Islander. Now, so I'm what, hoping... I, what I see about to happen here is, you know, it's going to be the three versus three. They're going to have that, you know, six women tag. Uh, I see something happening between Statlander and Athena. I think those two go at it. Um, the winner of that goes at Jade. I think the winner of that goes at Jade and loses, to be honest. And then I believe the next one gets to go and, and beat her, but... I think it's going to be yeah, Statlander. I'm, I'm wondering where when they're going to do it because oh, they're so far out from all out. Like I, I would love to see that moment happen on pay per view, but like yeah, well they can so they can do that if if they do, like Jeff just said, if they fight each other, uh, Athena and Statlander fight each other. Statlander loses. Athena goes on for a TV pay per view with against Jade, then jade beats athena mm -hmm. then chris statlander is the only one left standing and she's like i'm still gonna come after you and it's this story of like i've beaten you everyone's beaten you you suck like push her down push her down push yeah. her down and then she's finally the person that beats her yep yeah see i don't know i don't i, I if, if if i have the say on it i would say chris statlander shouldn't lose another singles match until after she beats jade um yeah that's not, my only thing not clean i, I wouldn't anyway. do that you know not clean I, anyway. I wouldn't i would say at all like i i don't think that she should lose another singles match maybe a tag match yeah. you know that's why anna jay's still kind of there which i, I wonder if, you. i wonder if they give anna one more shot before just to kind of pad it out Ugh, maybe like a... clearly this is leading to a trios match this is very clearly leading towards a trios match yeah. at some point so i guess you could do the trios match as a build-up and then you can have athena challenge jade and then i don't think you do anna again but you mean i i guess it's maybe maybe anna could be like she beats she beats kira hogan she beats red velvet and she's like well i i deserve another shot and she gets another shot i could see them doing that i don't think they will because tony khan doesn't usually do no two let alone three rematches maybe but, if they I mean, make it a three three-way dance you know what i'm saying Maybe she yeah. can get I mean, we're there. a long ways out from All Out. All Out's in yeah. September, so we have the whole summer to get through. And True. I don't think you could stretch this program three months. So yeah, no. Know. And you definitely, I mean, Jade is great and all, but you can't stretch this out to a Goldberg thing. She can't go 100 and something odd. You know, it's it's got to be over soon. Yeah, yeah, not at this point. The problem is that they didn't consider, like, if she had wrestled every single week and went out there and squashed people, then it would be a different story. Yeah. But, yeah, at this point, yeah, you got to – you you didn't want to go the Goldberg Goldberg route, so you gotta gotta you gotta slow it down and just you can't do 180 or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One is... one spot I wanted to point out in this match actually happened before the bell even rang. Um, as uh, Statlander was walking to the ring, 
Velvet tried to catch her off guard from the side. And Statlander caught her in that really quick power suplex power power slam thing that uh, Randy Dor- Orton does on the outside, and that looked amazing. And it happened really quick. Did you guys catch that? Yes. Yeah, yes, I, was, I did. That was really good. Yeah, sorry, I'm really having good. some video issues. Don't worry, I'll be back in a second. Oh, you're good. I just noticed that. Yeah, I'm having an issue with the battery on the on the laptop, so I'm just trying to move it ah, around. No worries, no worries. It was about to die on me, so hopefully it doesn't. It looks like it's charging now. All right, cool. That was interesting. So we're good. Um, so all that moving around. I loved also before the match. Taz said uh, Stokely looks sketchy. He said he looks like somebody that you got to hold on to your wallet while he's around. Uh, pretty yeah, sure he insinuated he's a pickpocket. You know, being from a long well, island. <laughs> he's just saying that he was uh that he was uh not to be trusted he's a he's sketchy not. guy Very uh, sketchy. but this was a great match if you guys are fans of uh women's professional wrestling i highly uh, advise to check this match out this was great um after the match uh, of course statlander picks up the win um after the match jade hits a huge pump kick uh right into statlander on the outside um, Anna Jay comes out, tries to get involved, but she gets super kicked for her efforts. Um, Athena comes out, but there was a line of security guards out of nowhere that held her back, so she didn't even make her way to the ring. Um, which, obviously, I believe we're getting that, you know, six-woman th- triple threat or whatever you call it. I forget what to call it, but a six-woman tag match. Um, right. Should be a good match, actually. I think it'll let each, each uh, woman will get in there and you know, do their spots. I think that's actually going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we had a uh, replay of the Miro vignette um, where he was talking for his comeback. Uh, I thought this was great to set up what came next, which was Ethan Page's amazing promo back at yep. Miro. Uh, this actually made, made me think that Ethan Page was going to win this, to be honest with you. But, you know, thinking afterwards, probably not. But, this was a really good promo by Ethan, and like I said, this made me think he might win the match. Yeah, I mean, this is an excellent promo. I would love to see more Ethan Page on my TV, that's for sure. Um, for sure. Yep. This was, yeah, this is great. Ethan Page has been on a really uh, really big run of hot promos, and he's he's killing it. And you know me, I, I really love good promos, and his work's been really good, so... Yeah, and it's a shame because I mean I don't think he's going to win, but like man, it would be really cool if he won. I would also like to start referring to Miro's promo from last week as the cursed promo because he cuts that promo cursing God, and people across the wrestling world just started dropping like flies. So, dude, I mean, so- and this isn't just AEW because Matt Cardona's out for like yeah. seven months, Cody's out for nine months, it's more like five months. I mean, and like somebody just... mentioned they were like, who pissed off the wrestling gods? And I immediately said to myself, I was like, Miro. <laughs> Miro <laughs> yeah. He cursed, he cursed gods. He cursed the gods. Yeah, like that yeah. was wild. But yeah, uh... back to Ethan Page, he's he's always been that good at promos. Like with the Darby coffin match, when he first showed up and threw Darby down the stairs, ama- like he's been, he has been dropping fire promo since day one yeah and i don't i don't get what the what the holdup is with him like why is he not connecting like why aren't they doing anything with him like yes man of the year and stuff but it's like i think he would be okay away from that act 
Me too. I've actually really wanted them to uh, give the TNT title to him from uh, Scorpio Sky back when he had it the first time. You know, like I was like, yo, that's the perfect story. It writes itself. But they didn't do it, you know, so. Yeah, I think we both talked about that leading up to, you know, the last few weeks where it's like Ethan Page definitely should be should be the TNT champion. Unfortunately, I do think they're going to go the Wardlow route. But I mean, yeah, man, Ethan Page is really talented. And that's the thing. Like, I I know that there's been some critiques about too many championships in AEW, which, first of all, there's more championships in the Fed. So shut up. Second of all. Like, there is so much talent in AEW that, like, I can't blame them for for trying to get some more guys some exposure with these championships. Like, I... I no, yeah. Just, what I like about uh, this thing is I, I can believe any person in this uh, All-Atlantic Championship tournament, I can believe any single one of them to be the champion, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Next up, uh, it was time for the main event. Uh, again, you know, the Mark Henry thing. I love that before the main event when they have their little uh, back and forth, you know, talking points thing, do, doing their promos back and forth. I, I, I love that setup for Rampage. Um, I like how they, you know, Osprey was talking about it's his first time in AEW. And uh, this, this just made me so hype. I was just like, I can't wait to see Osprey in the ring in AEW, man. I've been a fan of his for so long, so... Super hype. Yeah, definitely. That. Yeah, I want to kind of t- <clears throat> touch on Big T in the chat saying the trouble with a lot of wrestling promos today is everybody yells a lot, but people still have that ultimate warrior mentality instead of just simply talking. Yeah. I think that re- that yelling is fine. It's more so is there a purpose to your yelling? Yes. Um, like I think Ethan Page is yelling promos. They're like again, it's genuine. You feel it. We talked about it with Eddie Kingston. These guys, these cut, they cut these promos that just feel really genuine and you really believe in what they're saying and if they believe in what they're saying and you believe in what they're saying then it's then that's the point and it's gold mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and i remember there was one or two of his promos that i was like who are you yelling at bro <laughs> but you know I, I i love ethan page's promos but i did agree with you big t just dialing it back like like if he was at eight or nine he needed to go like down to seven seven or eight you know but yeah i, th- I think yeah. he's got i think he's got the reason to be angry and to yell. I mean, when he was feuding with Sammy, it was about his, his child, his daughter, his kids. And then, you know, now it's just like, he doesn't feel respected. So he wants to be respected. Austin theory has this weird thing to me, like where, when he's smiling, uh, he looks like, uh, he has the smile of one of the Titans from attack on Titan. Have you guys ever noticed that? If you even know who Austin theory is, Hmm. <laughs> It, it's it's weird now it's creepy dude. That, I, I see it i don't like looking at him because of it man when he smiles and takes his selfies i'm like dude no go away <laughs> like, the music just it's, every time he smiles you, the music starts playing it's like perfect rows of like too many teeth is what it looks like it looks like he has too many teeth he's uh, an alien <laughs> yeah all right but let's get back to this match here ftr and trent versus the united empire which is will uh osprey's um group over in njpw the kingpin will osprey he was here tonight with uh i forget their exact name it was aussie aussie something right aussie open aussie open there we go and that's kyle fletcher and mark davis uh, these dudes are decent. Um, I got to see Kyle Fletcher here in Philly. I don't believe Mark Davis was there, but he could have been, but uh, I don't think so. 
But uh, this was a freaking awesome match. We started out with Will Osprey and Dax, which is exactly what I wanted to see. Um, great, great opener to the match. Really, this looked like an NJPW match to me. I'm not sure if you guys noticed that, but they were hitting each other harder, and it looked yeah. more real, if that made any sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this match was brutal, probably, man. Just straight back and forth. Uh, the spot where Trent did his uh, double backflip, um, what do they call that? Uh, acai moonsault off the mid middle rope to the outside. It looked like he might have hurt his ankle, but they kept talking about it enough to where I thought it might have been a work. But the way he grabbed it was a little odd. Do you guys think he might have actually got hurt there, or did we hear anything throughout the week about it? No, for both of those questions, I don't think it was an actual injury. Okay. I think that it was a work. I think that Trent is just a very talented wrestler. Yeah. He's very good at selling. Um, he definitely did his job and made it look real. But, I mean, towards the end, end of the match, when he was kind of, like, doing those spots that, you know, he has to do, you could tell he kind of waved it off a little bit because you, you got to do your spots. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, no, I mean, this – I really love this match, and the Forbidden Door is open, and it's just – it's such a great – idea such a great concept it was really cool seeing will osprey on on you know national television here in the states yeah um i just wish this match would have went like another five ten minutes that I was can my agree biggest with that. critique i just i felt like the middle part was just kind of rushed and i would have i would have like I, it, it was rampage so they can't but like if this was on dynamite i think it would have been a lot better of a match just because it would have had more time to breathe and maybe that's just me thinking, like, oh, man, I really want to see more of Will Ospreay because I don't see him very often, like, at all. Um, Juan in the chat saying, do you guys agree with AEW debuting Will Ospreay in a tag team feud, or should he have debuted in a more high-profile matter? No, I think this was a fine spot. I mean, I don't think he's going to wrestle a singles match at Forbidden Door, personally. That's yeah. my my prediction, and Forrest will come to, learn, to come to learn that I'm actually really good at predictions. So... Um, the, the way that I'm looking at this is at the moment, he is actually focusing on his group, the United Empire. Um, they got the great Ocon. They got Jeff Cobb. They got all these guys you saw tonight. Um, so he's really focusing on this uh, faction of his. Um, so I do believe it was okay for this is his debut in AEW like this. But I really, really don't want to see him in a three you know or a three-man tag or anything like that for forbidden door i really want to see i'll even take trent you know it looked like they were feuding him and trent a little bit here um i'll, I'll take him and trent one-on-one -on -one, but I, I really want to see will osprey one-on-one -on -one. he's just he's an unbelievable performer top 10 in the world right now in my opinion like agree with you i just looking at the booking it seems like they're going to do united empire versus the best friend slash um chaos yeah so yeah. That's just Juan saying he wasn't impressed with the other guys. I'm I'm assuming you're referring to Aussie Open. Yeah, they're um, just a couple of yeah, mid-carders. Yeah, they're just guys that are in his faction. I mean, Will Ospreay's the guy you want to pay attention to in that. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually... But I did like the, the one dude, the big guy. He he kind of got Seamus vibes. Yeah, he's and all I was right. like I was like, oh, okay. Like, as soon as, as soon as I made that connection to, like, oh, he got Seamus energy, I was like... All right, I'm with this dude. The uh, the arrow guy, what is he? The Aussie arrow or something they were calling him. Aussie open, uh, yeah. He he uh, he. I didn't really vibe with. We didn't see too much from him. But like like Rome just said, it was more about Osprey doing his flip de doos. Yeah. And he does very good 
flip de doos. Very good. Um, yeah, Juan, like I said, Trent looked injured, and the reason I thought it was real a little bit was because he didn't sell the injury right away when he landed that backflip, and he just kind of went to take a step, and when he, went, when he took that step, he winced, and then he was like, he like looked down, so I was like, that's not a normal selling of an injury, but like Rome said, he's really good at what he does, so maybe he knows how to give us that. You know, yeah, I think it was a work question. That's just my opinion. Yeah, we it didn't hear anything totally this week about be Trent like being injured. Frank. I think we would have heard something. Oh yeah, usually stuff like that usually leaks through yeah. the grapevine when it's rampage. It's it's taped on Wednesday after Dynamite, so we uh, we would have heard something yeah, if he true. was hurt. All right, we had some huge uh, Let's Go Osprey FTR chants. Um, the FTR chants were obviously louder, but it was very nice to hear the Let's Go Osprey FTR chants. Um, once again, the AEW crowd is proving that this whole myth of a uh, casual audience is is a freaking myth, dude. When they yep. when Hangman said uh, Okada's name, that crowd fucking exploded, and people chanting Osprey's name. They know who these people are. This 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 casual audience thing is you know is a myth, man. <laughs> I think more so the way people have to look at it, and this is just again you know if if you're a WWE fan. You probably don't like this podcast. You probably don't like me, and that's fine. You know, I don't like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's not true. Um, well, I don't We're like just hard on them because of how good it used to be. Yeah, well, I go hard on them because they gave me plenty of reasons to go hard on them. So yeah. that's just the way it's gonna be. Yeah. It'd be like if I was. It'd be like if the wife and I had a child, right? And the wife beat the child, and we got divorced. <laughs> And, like, I have to take care of the child still. The wife has to remain in his life because he is his mother. And I would be like, you still beat my child, you son of a bitch. No. 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 I don't have it. We don't have a child, and my wife is very loving. She's she's great. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, right, WWE. Yeah. So there's, there's two kinds of fans. There's WWE fans, and then there's pro wrestling fans. That's what it is. The casual fan doesn't exist you either you either just watch that product in from new york or you watch everything and then there's a very small sliver like young jeffrey here who watches everything including the fed there was no way a forbidden door could have ever worked with njpw them working with aw and i hate to say this is literally best for business are you saying there was no way that the Forbidden Door would have worked with WWE? It never would have. No, no yeah, I think that's what he's work. referring to. And there was there was the rumors like a few years back, two years ago, when he, when I was like last year, when they first started working with New Japan and Tony Khan first coined the term open uh, Forbidden Door. But that was more so referring to Impact, where it's just like people were like, oh, WWE's going to work with New Japan. Like that would never work. It would never work. Like I don't care what no. WWE marks think. It just it wouldn't have worked because – there is nobody like Vince McMahon would not let WWE guys take the pin or, you know, do the job for anybody outside of their company, like no. any, any company like Mickey James was in the Royal Rumble. She's she was the impact women's champion. She was treated like shit. She they didn't even she got her entrance. She got her entrance. It she was, was the knockouts champion, and they didn't even call it that. That's the name of the championship is the knockouts women's championship, yeah. and they called her the there's, impact there's women's no, champion. There's no respect there. So it's like that's what it is. 
um, Juan saying, how about a TNA and AEW collab? Would that have worked? You know, honestly, I think it kind of would have, but the problem is I feel like part of me feels like Impact wants to stay away from AEW just because I feel like part of me feels like that maybe Impact feels like that AEW really benefits more than they do in those situations, which they do because nobody watches Impact. Like I bought an Impact pay-per-view to see Kenny Omega defend the the world title when he had it against Chris Bay. But like other than that, like, like I caught snippets online, but I mean, for me, it's a time thing. But also, the Impact product is failing. There's not a lot. They don't. They can't sell tickets in the small hundred people arenas that they're doing as it is. You know, they're not moving tickets. They're not making money. It's it is a concern for them. Um, but I don't think they benefit from working with AEW. No. Whereas I think New Japan and AEW, you know, there's there is room for both of them to benefit from this because. AEW is going over to Japan and trying to become popular there. New Japan is finally, after like years of really struggling to get a get a foothold here, they're finally starting. So like the Forbidden Door works really well between AEW and New Japan because they both benefit from it. Yeah, I mean, I actually think uh, the Impact relationship is kind of still there. It's just very, 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 you know, held back. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, we get it. You know, we got Morrissey. Uh, what was it? A month ago, maybe. Um, I, and, I just uh, think, and Deanna Peraza. Yeah, Deanna Peraza. I think we just get it very sparingly. You know, um, I think they are very worried that it it hurts them more than helps them. But I will be honest. The last time I watched Impact, like turned on Impact, was when Kenny Omega was their champion, and I watched it every week. So as yeah. soon as he was no longer their champ, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like. Well, so here's the other thing, right? Because you're like just to kind of play devil's advocate, because it's something I noticed. You're you're talking about um, Morrissey and and Deanna Peraza being on Dynamite two like three weeks ago, whatever it was, four weeks ago. But the problem with that is, is that so I follow Impact on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I did not see a single tweet, promotion, nope, mention. A retweet? Like, NWA will retweet when their wrestlers go places. Nothing from Impact. Impact did not advertise that at all, which, again, they don't have the scope that AEW has, but, like, there is an Impact diehard fan base there to some degree where you would think they'd be like, hey, our women's champion is going to be on AEW on Wednesday. Like, when, when Mickey, again, when Mickey James was in the Royal Rumble, it was the fucking... Impact was tweeting, retweeting, this, that, the third. Yeah. But as soon as it's like AEW, it was like there was no coverage at all. And That's for true. me, like, th- like things like that are things that really matter. People, people joke like, oh, social media doesn't matter. Like when football players change their 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 bios, their Instagram bios, and like change things like that, people are like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It really does. These people use their their social media platforms for their social media platforms, like. If they're feeling something, they want people to know it. They're going to make it clear on their social media, even if they're kind of, you know, dancing around and just kind of like indirectly saying something. So the fact that Impact did not promote it at all, like that's that's all you got to know. Like, that's a good point. I never thought about that. They didn't promote that at all. No, not at all. All right. So this match was. I want to say it was my favorite match of the night because I love FTR so much, but I really think that the Statlander match was my favorite of the night 
but this match is just right there with it you know i'm a huge osprey fan i'm a huge fdr fan this this match had everything i wanted from it you know what i mean and i was not expecting trent to pull off the pin um trent pin kyle fletcher you know so he was kind of the mm-hmm. jobber in this one for the pin but i didn't expect trent to get this pin man and i, I thought that was good i know trent's uh tony tony khan's a big fan of trent so are so are we um i know you are yeah Ryan. me yeah and uh that was good to see him get a get a big win on uh rampage there i liked it yeah, and yeah. also like there was a there's a moment where Trent was doing I, I don't know if you guys saw it, he goes to break up a pin, but he's hopping in on one leg yep. and then just dives in. And I was like, Let's go, that's awesome. You don't see that that often. Trent's really good, man. He is underrated as hell. Chuck Taylor is underrated as hell. Orange Cassidy, I wouldn't say underrated, but let's say underrated. Like yeah. I, I just think that those three guys are so talented and they're so good. And like the the same way that I want to see Chris Statlander win a title, I really want to see the best friends and Orange Cassidy get some get some gold at some point before yeah, their yeah. Uh, their AW runs end because they're so important to this company's foundation and even to this date. I mean, I uh, I don't know why that they maybe I think part of me feels like it's a storyline that reason why they're keeping Trent and Chuck Taylor separate and why Trent mentioned that he was sad last week because his friends weren't there. Yeah. But I mean. Like man, these guys are super talented, and I, I think it's going to show up at Forbidden Door. Like we're gonna we're gonna see some stuff about that. Yeah, hopefully. So Trent gets the win. Uh, there was some really loud. This is awesome. Chance absolutely deserved. Again, this match was freaking great. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, what what more can you say? Trent put on a great show. FTR put on a great show. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, by the way, there's an FTR shirt that's only available for a few more days on uh, Shop AEW. I actually just ordered it. It was too good to uh, let it pass by. Um, and, yeah, this was a great Rampage, man. Um, I'll put this up there with, you know, 4.5 out of 5 on the Rampage scale. Um, wasn't the best episode I've ever seen, but it definitely did its job. And we're getting progression towards Forbidden Door. And, uh we got Will Osprey's debut, man. So this was a great episode as far as I was concerned. Yeah, Juan saying that he thinks Trent could really benefit from separating himself from best friends and going on a complete singles run. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely talented enough to do it. I mean, but part of me thinks uh, I would rather them stay together as best friends. I mean, this isn't the Fed. You don't need to break up every single tag team. You know what I mean? I mean, I personally would rather see Trent as TNT champion sure. than Scorpius guy or Sammy. Absolutely, I completely agree. Yeah, I he just would be a really good TNT champion, actually. I think I would. Yeah, I would also give them the tag titles, though. I would give them that. Give them that rub again. Like they were a day one AEW tag team. They were on the first show. They were there since day one. I, I think they were even on All In. Um, but yeah, definitely, they definitely deserve something. But, yeah, we'll know. see. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, and. That's another thing Big T said, uh, no meet and greet announced for next week. Um, it's weird. There, last week, I didn't see any meet and greet announced for the Dynamite or Rampage there. Um, none for next week announced yet. Now, usually they don't announce it till Monday or Tuesday, but it's still a little odd there's no meet and greets going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something weird. I mean, honestly, if you want my complete, like, honestly prediction, I think that they probably had guys that are currently hurt scheduled for these things 
and they just didn't reschedule anyone else. But like you said, it's still early. I mean, the Philly show, they didn't announce that till the night before, I think, or yeah. the day before. Yeah, I had to scramble to get the tickets. I was like, holy shit, what? <laughs> so we'll see. They may announce it right before, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. One wants uh, AJ Styles or Rey Mysterio in AEW. Uh, I would definitely take AJ Styles in a heartbeat. I don't know uh, if I would take Rey at this point, though, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely would take AJ Styles. I can't take well, anybody that I would consider a WWE lifer. I can't. I don't want anybody that I would consider a lifer over in AEW. That's also fair. Yeah. I don't consider AJ a lifer. I think no, he's no. just... Mysterio, he, he spent, Mysterio. Oh, Ray, yeah, Ray's Yeah, I want AJ. Like, AJ's awesome. Like, can we? Ray was such a, a I don't want to say Ray's an idiot, but like Ray. So they say Ray signed with WWE because they wanted Dominic to get trained there, right? And I'm like, I don't know. Wouldn't you want your son to be trained like the proper way, like trained to be like a pro wrestler, not a not if you want him, not if you want him to be going to the E. That's you know they have a specific style that you have to wrestle there. So that's where you would want him to go if that's your it's goal. Actually, I think it's easier to learn E style and then work your way out of E style yeah. into indie style, and yeah. then re to because then if whenever you leave E, whenever you leave the E, you can go on the indies, develop your new your own style. Then when you come back, you have a new E version. True. Or there's another way to go about this. You can spend six years. You could work in the E for like ten years, fifteen years, whatever it was. Not fifteen years. It was more like ten years. And then, you know, they can fire you because they don't think you're worth anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then you spend six years lying to fans, building them up and saying, hey, man, I'm the throne breaker. Fuck that place. That place can burn <laughs> to the ground, you know? And then the fans who really kind of resonate with that, like, hey, I used to be a fan of that company too. And I really hate the way that they've treated me as a customer. I'm going to believe in you, sir, who I'm not going to, you know, it's just, this is just a very generic way of doing things. There's no one i have in mind specifically but you know I, I you know we could do this and then oh wait i'm actually going to go back there and be a complete hypocrite from everything i've said over the last six years i actually yeah. agree with big t if he were to do something like that like officially end his contract and then go all over the place and then wind up in AEW, i might be all right with it it's just mm, it would just feel weird you know what i mean somebody that's just always been there it would just feel odd it would be like seeing goldberg and I know people are like, oh, I swear we're going to see Goldberg. No, no. Be better. I don't want to see no. Goldberg. I would. That would be an L for Tony Khan. Like, the, like, maybe if he goes in there for one match and he loses. Like, but, like, even then, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see Goldberg. Fuck Goldberg. He's made it very clear that he doesn't give a shit about the industry or no, yeah. pro wrestling or the fans. He's literally said that he does it for the money. Yeah, he if, don't deserve a If he could make more money doing something else, he Tony. would do it instead. So just just fuck off, like yeah. just go away. You can go just take go his Saudi money. That's yeah, no, please no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so I know we saw a little bit of a preview for Dynamite. Did you uh, write anything down that we got coming up for next week? I do. We uh, I have the I have the everything that's announced to date. Perfect. Show what we got. So next week is the Road Rager edition of AEW Dynamite. It's a theme show, so, I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, could we get a debut or return? Possibly. Tony Khan really likes these themed dynamites. They're usually a big deal for him. Um, But in terms of what's announced, we have a hair versus hair match, Chris Jericho versus Ortiz. We have Wardlow in the class action handicap match. That's what they're calling it. Yes. Um, It's 
one versus 20 elimination style against the American security, the American arena security people, the ASP. Um, and it's an elimination match. We have an all Atlantic championship qualifier match. We have Canada's Ethan Page versus Bulgaria's Miro. The winner of that match will go on to Forbidden Door in the four-way dance for the All-Atlantic Championship. So far, we have uh, Pac, Pac, Pac. We have Pac, who's uh, qualified for that match. Um, we have an, the AEW World Tag Team Championship match in, defended in a ladder match, and it's a three-way dance, boys. It's Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy defending their titles against the Young Bucks, and the Hardy Brothers. Ooh, why is Christian always trying to uh, rope these dudes into a into a three way, man? And then, then three, you know, he's a former ECW champion. So yeah. Then, then, then three way dances, man. He likes jungle the dance. Like, I feel like he's like vicariously living through Jungle Boy, and that's his character right now. Possibly. Th- this has to be the turn. There's just there's almost yeah. no way they can keep pushing this you know it, it's got to be the turn here i think the bucks take back their titles um yeah it's not it's not even shocking at this point we're just waiting for it yeah and that's not great you don't want to be you want to be shocked and surprised you want you don't want to be like all right well he's gonna do it now i mean Yo, you know what would be graze crazy if luchasaurus is just the one that turns that would be nuts if to him and christian did that'd be nuts yeah that would be interesting or just luchasaur (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's got to be christian they've been setting it up too much the little tiny eyeballs the little looks here the little little things here and there calling him a loser here a loser there there's just no way yep no Wyatt. no Wyatt on tv this week thank god yep we made it through another week of pain and treachery we've we've navigated yeah. through the maze once and again i ha- i have a nightmare scenario with wyatt where he's calling himself wyatt six right now mm. finn balor and damian priest and rhea ripley mm. that's three he would make four Tommaso champa would make five and one more which would in my opinion maybe live morgan makes six and I, i'm wondering if that's going to be his new thing is the wyndham six or the the why, Wyatt Six. Why would you say that? Because it, it, it like came this. to me it's in a nightmare, dude. Me sick to my stomach. Rome's <laughs> the heel here. What are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> I just lost my sm- my smile. Here, Jeff. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna forfeit this. I lost my smile. <laughs> Psych. No, I didn't lose my smile. Yo, have Luchasaurus put in a black mask. That would actually be pretty cool. All right, so I guess we will uh, end off the show tonight with Forrest's rebuttal to Rome's promo there. You got anything to say before we uh, play the rebuttal to your promo there, Rome? Yes, absolutely. Well, I would just like to say that just a warning uh, for those who are not mid, which none of our viewers and listeners are mid. They're all fantastic, excellent people. Um, This is a very mid promo you're about to hear. So if you can't stand mid things, I would say this has been episode 44 of the Broken Tables podcast, you know, but uh, you, you guys can listen to it if you want. 
Yeah, you know, I would I would recommend against it. It's definitely not best for your for your health. <laughs> Come on, we it's need the minute, we health. need the minutes viewed, bro. Absolutely. Well, that's why I didn't want to fully close the show because we do need the views. But again, I'm a champion who wants to see the Broken Tables podcast transition into you know a staple of the podcasting industry. So as the champion in in these in this era, I need to make sure that the show is the best that it can be and that it succeeds and i honestly i don't think a mid promo is going to help us with views at all jeffrey <laughs> I, I i said minutes you know the people who are already watching the minutes that they watch counts you know so yeah absolutely man and again we, we love those people but again i'm just just i'm just warning the people that have been here through the whole show because i appreciate them so much because they mean so much to me because i am their champion I don't want to see my, my fans chance. go through this. Like, I don't want to see them, like, like your ears might I don't want to see your bleed. fans go through your title reign anymore either. <laughs> Every four minutes, you got those glasses on and you're cutting a promo on me. Play the damn clip. All right, guys. Peace. Rome, Rome, Rome. You want to talk about the past? It's true. Unfortunately, it's all true. I let you down. And for that, I'm sorry. I know you needed me that day. But... I still let you down, and again, I'm sorry. I know how bad you needed that Sonic Amiibo because you said, and I quote, gotta go fast, and I get that. I really do. I understand that, but what I don't understand is your obsession with the past and your fixation on the past it's been 10 years 10 years rome i spent those 10 years bettering myself i spent those 10 years getting stronger faster wiser so that i could be the hero that these people need they don't need a champion that makes up rules on the fly they don't need a champion that shoves the title in their face every four minutes on every podcast. Rome, it's fine to want to live in the past, and I get that. So, since you're so acquainted with the past, let me put this in terms that you'll understand. Your championship reign after Forbidden Door, will be nothing but a memory in the past. And at the end of the pay-per-view, I will ask you one question. And that question is, is Rome still the champion? Nah, 
na 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 na